Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom. What a beautiful day. These are the days we live for in Colorado, aren't they? It's going to be gorgeous out there today. You should be out enjoying your favorite outdoor activity today, no matter what it is. If it's hunting, fishing, camping, backpacking, biking, uh, sports, we're going to go to my granddaughter's softball game this afternoon. So lots going on. We are going to talk a lot of fishing today. The It's been a different year. And the, the reservoirs are incredibly full. What a turnaround from last year. The rivers are still um, flowing, actually, fairly strongly. They're cleared up, but they're they're flowing very high yet. And there's a lot going on, so it's a different year. And I'm going to talk to the people we have on and see if they're approaching things differently now than they normally would this time of the year because it's uh, it's really kind of a different, different, different year. So we'll see how all this goes, what all happens with all that we're going to start talking some hunting nate Zelinsky's out scouting and he'll do quite a bit of that in his segment in the second hour we'll also make sure we have at least one fly fishing segment in the second hour want to keep everybody involved we just got a lot of ground to cover so let's go right to the phones right now and joining us is uh, brad peterson from brad peterson outdoors good morning brad good morning terry it's uh what do you think about what i said that it's a different year. Now, the waters, the reservoirs are on, they're incredibly high. Normally, this time of the year, we're starting to see drawdown. We haven't seen that. We had, a, we had a cold spell in May and June coming in, then a very warm July. And I'm not sure that the fishing is in sync with what it normally would be this time of year. Oh, Terry, I completely agree with you. We've got lakes right now that are jackson out on the eastern plains is within a foot of full capacity and normally by this time of year it's within a foot of the the boat ramp being out of the water and you can't even launch a boat so we're in situations in a lot of these bodies of water that we're not used to seeing um with the high water the the late spring which pushed the fish back a couple weeks in their normal time frame of when things should be happening it's it's a different combination of factors, and I think it's really important that people take that into consideration because when you go out, if you normally go out first week of August and fish this particular spot and always catch fish, you might not find fish there this year just because of those couple factors we've, that you were mentioning. Well, and you know what happens, too, is that when the water, the high water this year is going to be so advantageous for our fisheries, for our rivers, for our lakes. Everything's going to benefit from it because you get nutrients brought into the water. You get some new brush and grass growth that gets in the water. Uh, you get the cooler water, but it also spreads fish out. The lake becomes much bigger. A lake like Jackson that is shallow, when it's this high, is a much bigger lake than when it's drawn down as it normally is this time of the year. Some of those spots you mentioned might not even be, they might be too deep or they might, the fish might be just so spread out that you, you sometimes have to approach it differently to find the fish. No, you definitely do. You know, like you say, the high water and the brush, it's going to be phenomenal for the spawn, particularly the warm water fish, the, the shad. It's going to be great for the nutrients, for the trout. So we're going to have a lot of bait fish out there. 
And come three, four years down the road, particularly our panfish, our bluegills, our crappies, the perch, um, they're all going to have great numbers of recruitment from this year. So the year classes should be really good going forward. But this year, you really have to think about that, the the fact that they are spread out. And when the, when the lake's not dropping much, those fish feel comfortable up there in the shallows. So there's a lot of fish that are staying up shallow, and they are more spread out. So you may need to target a presentation initially that you can cover more water to locate the fish. And then if you're able to find the concentration of fish um, with the amount of bait that's out there, use something that gets more of a reaction strike. So tell me, you fish the Northeast Lakes a little bit. We haven't covered them a lot. You actually guide on some of them, I believe. Tell me what's going on on those lakes and how you're approaching them. Well, right now, the the bite that is really turned on is the wiper white bass bite. You know, depending, some lakes have white bass, some have wipers, but any of those more pelagic open water fish that are chasing the shad around, the bite's gotten really good. The shad right now are about an inch and a half to two inches long, and those fish are really aggressively feeding on them and just traveling with the shad. So, Jackson, uh, Sterling, Pruitt, uh, Boyd all have really good bites. And if you can find a nice calm morning you can, or, or an evening, the boils that are going on are phenomenal. I mean, I, I saw one boil that had to be close to a 300 yards long and 100 yards wide out at Jackson uh, last Saturday. And... The key when you're finding these fish is making sure that you're fishing above them. When they're up chasing shad like that, if you get too deep in the water column, you're not going to be able to catch the fish. I think that's the mistake a lot of people make. And these fish are susceptible to too much activity. So don't be driving your big motor through a boil. You know, go in with your electric, shut it off, just glide your way in, and you'll have fish blowing up right at your boat side. There's not much in the state of Colorado or in any type of fishing that's more exciting than either top water or, or a boil on bait like that. That's just, it's one of my favorites. What kind of lures do you like to throw for that? If I'm in a boil situation, if I can get them on top water, I'm going to do that. So a popper, um, a prop bait, something like that. It's always fun seeing them hit. If they don't want to hit that, then either a jig head and a, a small plastic, you can use a, a twister or, um, you know, a minnow-style bait, keeping it up shallow in the water column and jerking it. Paddle tails work good. Or a lot of people are throwing a lot of their trout baits, uh, your Castmaster spoons. And don't forget your rattle and crankbaits, your, your ripping wraps or something like that. All those work good. Just keep them up high enough in the water column. Then when those fish go down and you lose them, the best thing to do is to cover water trolling to find those active schools again. Uh, Speeds, you can be up to three, three and a half miles an hour. These fish are aggressive. They're willing to chase and and bite. So cover some water. When you find fish, usually you're going to get a couple rods go off. When they do, turn around and go right back through them because that school of fish isn't going to be there too long. They're, they're moving. So if you can stay on them and keep catching fish, it's, it's really possible to have 50-plus fish days this time of year on wipers and white bass.
Now, what about uh, the the walleyes and saw guys? What do you see in there on those reservoirs? You know, those fish are still up shallow in a lot of the lakes that have weeds, and so they're spread out, which can make them a little bit more challenging. You're going to have to go in there and fish for them, maybe using a little bit heavier line. As soon as these lakes start to drop, and with the heavier line, I'm talking pitching heavier jigs and, you know, maybe a, a biobait uh, switchback, one of the bigger plastics that really draws the attention. Throw that out there and let it work on the bottom. It's going to be a little bit slower presentation, but you're going to get some bigger fish in there. As soon as the water drops, and it looks like with the warm weather, the drier conditions, the irrigation is going to pick up and these lakes are going to be dropping. They're going to pull these fish out of that shallow weeds and they're going to go out to the first main piece of structure, usually with some rocks. And that's when you can start using your little bit more reaction bites, whether it's a jig and spoon, a blade bait, a jig and wrap, any of those baits that's going to get that reaction style bite going. The nice thing is once they move out there, you can use your electronics and find those fish. So I usually don't do much fishing until I've marked fish once they've moved out of that shallow and, area. And then what about the panfish? Now, the for people that don't know, we went through a few years ago a difficult time getting wiper eggs um, because we weren't getting them from the right areas to, that they did well here. And that's changed now, so they're able to start restocking wipers. But there's been a concerted effort to really try to balance that with fish like crappies so that we can maintain a great crappie population. And they got fairly well established when those um, wipers were down. Now the wipers and white bass are back, but the crappies have been established. Are you seeing good crappie bites in any of those lakes? You know, there are some good crappie bites. Pruitt has got phenomenal crappies out there size-wise. If the lake is still up in the trees, I'd be targeting that area or going along the dam. There's a deep hole along the dam, and look for suspended fish there. Boyd, they're doing all right. Um, the numbers seem to be down just a little bit on the crappies. But uh, Sterling, there's some really good crappies there. Take a look at your deep trees, deep bushes, or if I'm not finding them there, I usually find that deep weed edge, and what I'll do is I'll throw out a little 16-ounce jig with like a, a little tube jig, or a, a real small little twister tail, and then I'll do what I call strolling, which is a real slow troll, maybe half a mile an hour. Pitch that jig out as far as you can and pump your rod tip. And what you're doing is you're kind of cruising that area looking for those suspended fish out along the edge of, of those weeds. And once you find the school, they're going to stay right there. You can go back, cast into them, and catch quite a few fish. So if I was going to chase crappies, Probably I'd be looking at either going to Pruitt or Sterling right now for the best crappie bites out there. And with the high water in the weeds, don't forget the bluegill. There's a lot of bluegill up in those weeds, a little float and a ice fly or a piece of worm. And you can have a great time, especially, you know, kids, kids love catching fish. And I know both you and I, Terry, love getting into a good bluegill bite yeah we love it and you can use i use like you said i'll use a little float in my my ice fishing jigs and even some little pieces of artificial and once you get them going you can just get them 
We're going to run out of time here in just a minute, but before we do, I want to kind of preview some things coming up, Brad. Now, you not only guide for fishing, but you guide for waterfall, and we're not going to get too in-depth in it yet, but in a two, three weeks, we'll start covering the waterfall, getting people ready and set up, and there's a lot of resources we'll start getting, letting people know about that Parks and Wildlife has and a lot of places to hunt. Are you hearing anything up from up north about the the health of the birds or anything? You know, this year there's been a lot of moisture up in the upper Midwest in the prairie pothole region. So there's a lot of ponds, but there actually was so much moisture that a lot of the crops in fields didn't get planted with crops. So what I'm hearing is there's a good hatch going on for most of the duck species and geese. But there may not be the food up north to hold them there. So it could be kind of that perfect combination for us where you get a lot of birds up there. But as soon as they start looking around for food, there's not the food. So they may come down further south a little bit earlier. And we may get an earlier push of ducks that may stay here longer. So I'm I'm really excited about what the possibility is for waterfowl season coming up this year. Right, and we're probably about six weeks away, and we'll monitor that, and we'll get you back on, and we'll talk about that. And the last thing I'll ask you, you covered a lot, and maybe you've already mentioned it, but if you had to go, just take someone out and catch some fish tomorrow, where would you go? Well, I may be taking my dad out to catch fish, and if we go out, we're headed to Jackson to chase the wipers. Um, The bite is just, it's on fire, out there it's it's a not too bad of a drive to get out there the crowding hasn't been too bad even on the weekends so that would be my first choice all right my friend how do people get a hold of you if they want to book a trip if you want to book a trip you can find me on facebook at brad peterson outdoors or give me a call at 303-829-3998 all right we will talk to you again very soon All right. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Brad. Brad Peterson, great resource, both hunting and fishing. We're going to take a time out, and then we're going to take you to uh, another body water that's right here in our backyard that offers tremendous opportunities on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right back to the phones, and we are joined from uh, Charlie Olson, uh, who's a park ranger out at Boyd Lake State Park. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Terry. What a beautiful day. I know I drove right by your lake today, so I know it's beautiful there, too. Isn't this the kind of day we just love in Colorado? Oh, yes. It's getting pretty busy out there. Lots of people out boating today. Oh, it's just tremendous. You know, and we got still got quite a bit of summer left, and then fall will be here, and there's a lot going on. You know, for people who've maybe never been to Boyd Lake or they're new to the area, why don't you tell them where it's located and just describe the lake a little bit? Yeah. Um, so we are in Loveland. We're going to be right off of, you know, about 10 minutes off of I-25. So pretty quick jaunt from I-25. We get a lot of travelers up here. Um, we've got a beautiful lake. It's 1,700 acres right now. It's totally full which is awesome so lots of space for people to come and they can tube and ski and wakeboard and do a little fishing and then we also have a pretty big campground that people can come and stay at for the weekends 
Now you're you're camping. You have quite a few sites. I think somewhere like what around 140 or something. Yep, that's correct. And uh, I would I would think because you are close to some population centers that weekends fill up fairly quickly. Now you're on the new reservation system. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So you have to have a reservation, but you can even make it the same day. So if I was driving through the park on a day and there looked like there was an open space, I could actually go on my phone, check that, see if it was open, and then reserve it right then, couldn't I? Yep, it's a great system, and there's no reservation fees anymore, so it's just that $36 per night. That's fantastic. Now, do you still get some openings during the week this time of the year, and when does it start opening up a little bit where it's a little more availability? Yeah, so during the weeks, um, Sunday through Thursday, we typically have sites um, and then starting towards the end of September into October, uh, we start seeing more of those weekends opening. But, I mean, in past years, we have been busy through October um, just because the weather's been so nice. Yeah, it, it can. We can, get, we can get some of the best weather to be outdoors, October, even into November here. I mean, you can get some bad weather, too, but you get some of those beautiful fall days and the air is a little crisp in the morning and it warms up and the water sometimes stays warm fairly long. So it can be a lot of fun. Now you mentioned the activities, a lot of boating. Uh, there's a lot of fishing. We'll get to that in a minute. There's just a, but you also have a great trail system that now connects to trails all over that part of the state. Yeah. So the Loveland trail is awesome. It goes 28 miles through Loveland and I know that they've just finished connecting a bigger part that can, I think, goes up into Fort Collins as well. Yeah, they do. And you can go, you know, almost any kind of trail. You can get to the foothills. You can get to other um, wildlife areas. You can get just about anywhere. And just you can make a great bike tour out of it or a, a walking tour. And I know people take advantage of that. My wife and producer Karen bikes all over the place. So she puts me to shame. I try not to bike with her because she makes me look bad. But you can do a lot of that around here. Now, in addition, people come down this time of the year. You have a swim beach, but with the lake being full, as you mentioned, which is really unusual for this time of the year for it to be full. But your swim beach is a little smaller because of that. Is that right? Yeah, it is. We got a little bit less sand real estate, but definitely a lot of open area for grass and stuff. And I would think that we'll still see some drawdown, at least we typically do. I would think the farmers will still do some late summer fall irrigation. If they do, expose a little more of that. But the water should be nice and warm, and people are water skiing and things. But it's a large body of water now that it's full, so there's room out there for everybody, isn't there? Yeah, lots of room, and the water is about 75 degrees was our last reading, so nice and warm for those skiers. You have some amenities on the lake, too. You have, uh, I believe you have some concessions right on the beach area. Is that right? Yep. We've got the swim beach concession along with the marina as well, and they do boat rentals, and they also sell um, some beer and other food items and then any item that's required on the boat. So you can go between the marina and your, your vendor on the beach. You could, you know, make an easy day trip, even if you want to rent a boat or if you just want to hang out. And you've got quite a few picnic areas, too, I believe. Yeah, lots of picnic areas. The north end of the park does not get used as much. So I always tell people when they call in and ask about picnicking, I always tell them to go up there. Um, there's no swimming in those areas, but you can wade out into the water waist deep so you can still get into the water and enjoy. 
Yeah, and it's beautiful. And people don't realize, a lot of times they think the lakes around uh, here don't have a lot of trees, but you guys have quite a few trees around your park. Yeah, good amount. We're planting new trees, and um, we've got a little tree forest, little baby guys out in our um, back shop here, and so we're going to be putting those out when they get a little bit bigger. Now, Boyd is also an excellent fishing lake. I fish it many times myself. I don't live that far away, and I go back and forth between Boyd and Horsetooth, and I spend quite a bit of time on Boyd when I do have the time. And it's got a population. It's got great largemouth bass. It's got smallmouth bass. It's got walleyes. It's got a good trout population. There's panfish in there um, and white bass. What have you been seeing going on lately? Now, it's a different kind of year, so people could be struggling a little, but what are you hearing and seeing out there on the fishing? Yeah, it's been a little bit slower. Um, from the shore, people are still country, catching trout. Um, that's pretty common. You know, they're pretty greedy fish. And then on the boats, we're seeing some smallmouth and some good-sized walleye coming out. Um, and then people, catfish have also been pretty good. That seems to be biggest fishes, biggest fish we've seen so far this year are going to be our catfish. And they get pretty good size in there, don't they? Yeah, we had a guy, I think it was a uh, 21 pounds and like 40 inches. So it was a good-sized catfish. Yeah, people don't realize that there's catfish in a lot of our front-range lakes, and they're, they can really give you a tussle and have a lot of fun. I think we'll see the other species really start to turn on now, too, because we're getting to that time of the year, and we're a little bit behind. Now, I don't know what the status of the white bass population, but typically, boy, it has a pretty good white bass population. We could see that take off, which can be a lot of fun. And in the winter, I catch a lot of panfish there. But there's a good population of largemouth bass and and walleyes in there. The guys that know how to fish it really do well. Yeah, they do. Um, and we did just get a delivery of crappie. They're just little guys, but um, we are we do get some black crappie every year. So that beginning of the year when they're spawning, and then towards the fall, that the crappie start picking up as well. Right, and you know it's and it's different this year because the water's high. Some of those fish are probably holding pretty shallow and are accessible from other shoreline points if people are willing to walk a little bit. Yep. So, anything else? Do you guys do um, like you used to do some concerts and programs and things like that? I still get occasionally some of those things happening at the park. Yeah, um, we've got some stargazing. So we had one in July, and I believe we have another one planned for the tenth. Um, and the guys bring out these gigantic telescopes, and you can see, like, Jupiter and Saturn, and we had a pretty good turnout in July, so we're hoping to have the same in August. Um, And then we have a triathlon coming up, the Boyd Lake Bash on September 7th. Uh, Breakaway Athletics is doing that, and I'm sure you can still, people can still sign up for that if they're interested in doing something like that. Okay, and the last thing is uh, that a lot of people don't realize, We, Brad Peterson and I were talking a little bit about waterfall season coming. You actually offer some waterfall hunting right at Boyd Lake, don't you? Yeah, we've got three different hunting areas um, that we mark off, and we're going to be on the new reservation system this year, which is going to be great. Um, so people will be able to reserve a, a hunting spot 14 days ahead of time. 
and that way, you know, you know that you have a spot and you're not having to come in at, you know, 2 a.m. and then you have that straggler hunter that decides, oh, 6 a.m., I want to go hunting. I'm just going to hop in with these guys. So that should be a good system for this year. Do they uh, tend to do pretty well with the waterfall there? Yeah, beginning of the season's pretty good. Um, usually people limit out on geese. Ducks are going to be a little bit slower, um, but we do see some mallards. And people that are interested in the coot, those love to hang around, but most people don't like to shoot those guys. And so if you want to find out more about that, I'm sure it's all on the the park website, right? Yes, it is. So you just go to Colorado State Parks, and I know it's that dot state dot. I just Google it, and then I mm-hmm. click on the park and get there, and it's really easy. Charlie, thank you so much. Boyd has so much to offer. It's so close to so many people. Uh, we just want to get people outdoors, take advantage of these. Thanks thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Terry. That's uh, that's Charlie Olson from Boyd Lake State Park. And, you know, folks, there's state parks so close to you all over. To, if you only have a day, get out and take advantage of it. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk to a park that's a little further away, but I think you're going to find it's going to be well worth the drive to go over there. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, who right now is having their gigantic ATV and side-by-side sale. If you want to get ready for hunting, you need to head to Sun right now now but we'll head to the phones we're joining us from stagecoach state park is um cory spakes good morning cory good morning terry how are you today i'm doing great now we just talked to uh, charlie who's right in my backyard here you're a little bit further away but you have plenty of reasons to go there why don't we start by telling people where stagecoach is located so Stagecoach State Park is in the Yampa Valley, about 15 miles south-southwest of Steamboat Springs. Most people are familiar with that ski town. Um, and only a, really about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Denver, so not that far away. And you can make it, you know, a lot of people are going to come over, and what I see them do is they use the park as a headquarters and explore the rest of the area, or they use, you've got a couple other parks in the area, they use one of those and make a day trip to Stagecoach. Or they stay right in Steamboat Springs and come out for the day to the park. And so you see a combination of all those things out there. Kind of, um, you've got a wonderful uh, lake there. We'll get to that in just a minute. But what are some of the other amenities? I know you've got some pretty decent trails and things there. Yeah, so Stagecoach hosts about 92 reservable campsites. Um, We don't have full hookups, but we do have electrical hookups in most of our sites. We have some um, shoreline sites for boaters and for folks who like to play in the water. Uh, We have a really nice swim beach, and we have about eight miles of multi-use trail um, that actually go around the entirety of the park. And I'd be remiss if if I didn't mention the uh, phenomenal tailwater fishery just below the dam. Yeah, there's so much there. In fact, you're going to be celebrating, I think it's 30 years of the park, and you've got a huge day coming up. We'll get to that in a minute because it'll take us half the day to go through the activities, but it's going to be fan fantastic. I want to make sure we cover that. But let's talk about one of the biggest draws at Stagecoach is also the fishing year-round. It's a great summer fishery. It's a great ice fishing fishery. It's one of the few parks or few lakes that are managed for both large trout and large pike, and you produce both of them there, don't you? 
We do, and this summer has been um, one of the best fishing seasons I have seen. I think, you know, partially with the uh, added wet weather and the cooler water temps, but I've seen consistent trout fishing through the winter, through the spring, and all this summer. And um, over the last uh, probably four to six weeks, we've seen nearly a dozen pike over 40 inches. Last week had one that was 42 inches and 29 pounds. It was an amazing fish. Now, the state record in Colorado is right around 30 pounds, so I imagine to catch a 29-pound fish took somebody with sophisticated tackle on a big boat, right? Oh, that that's my favorite part of the story. This gentleman caught it on a very small Rapala on six-pound um, test on a basic spinning rod right off the shore below one of our campgrounds. I'll bet he had the fight of his life. That had to oh. be incredible. And when you talked about the weight of that fish, it was actually... The state record fish was quite a bit longer, but not much heavier, so that fish had some girth. It had 24 inches in girth. It was uh, just an amazing, amazing spe- uh, specimen. Oh, and, you know, and, and I fished pike and trout there, and you can do really well. And you do really well. I mean, they keep it heavily stocked with trout, but there's also a lot of bigger holdover trout there too, aren't there? There are, and this summer, I mean, I've seen, I'd say my average rainbow that I see with uh, on a stringer is usually in that 16-inch range. A pound and a half to two pounds is not uncommon, and it's rare to have a day that I don't hear about a 20-inch or bigger. Yeah, it's great, great fishing, and they do well from a boat or from shore. Um, you do have a, you have a marina concession there, I believe. What do they offer? We do have a marina um uh, operation. They offer motorized boat rentals, um, non-motorized stand-up paddle boards for folks who just want to recreate, fishing boats, pontoons, um, and some basic snacks and stuff you might have forgotten, you know, when you were coming out for your camping trip or your day at the beach. You know, 30 years, Stagecoach Park, and you're coming up on that anniversary, and you're having a big event. Let's tell people about it. Now, this is going to take place in about two weeks, I believe. Yeah, two weeks from today. So August 17th, um, we're going to host a 30th anniversary celebration of the park. And it's going to be an all-day event starting around 9 a.m. And we're going to go into the night probably uh, closing down between 8 and 9 p.m. So it's an all-day thing. Of course, you don't have to attend for everything. We're going to go through a bunch of the events. Um, you can come. And is other than a parks pass, is there a fee for any of the things? No, everything we're going to do that day is going to be free, with the exception of um, having a valid parks pass on every vehicle. Um, And so it's one of those, we want to celebrate the uh, 30 years that the park's been open and say thank you to all of our visitors and customers over the years. Now I'm looking at the uh, list of events in yoga. <laughs> we will start off the day. Um, you know, a good way to to start off on a, on a, the right foot is to go down to the swim beach, and we have um, the fortunate opportunity this year of a uh, yoga instructor on staff who will be hosting um, a free yoga session on the beach at 9 a.m. That's awesome. What other things can we will people find if they come there? So some of the events will run concurrently, um, but after uh, yoga, we're going to be going doing a spin fishing clinic. Um, uh, The park manager and I will be running that. We'll have a historical program where um, we'll talk about the origins of the valley and and how Stagecoach um, actually started before the reservoir was here. Then around noon, the Friends of Stagecoach have generously um, offered to provide a free lunch for folks, and we'll also simultaneously have an archery clinic going on on the swim beach for folks. 
the marina has stepped up and is going to offer at 2 p.m., I think from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., free use of their stand-up paddleboard fleet, which usually costs uh, somewhere in the realm of 30 bucks for a couple hours. Um, and so if you want to try paddleboarding for the first time or if you want to try one of their other non-motorized boats, a canoe or a kayak, they'll be doing those for free for three hours that day. And then after that, we're actually going to uh, switch gears into our nighttime programming. We're going to have some kids' crafts going on. It's The list of crafts is going to be too extensive to list here, but we'll have um, a kids' activity center going on for a couple hours, and we're hosting our first annual chili cook-off um, from 6 to 8 p.m., and if anybody wants to sign up for that, they can reach out to the park here by phone or email. Um, and we're going to have music going on on the beach, you know, so if you want to come down and play some volleyball, bring the family out and have fun out on the sand, it's going to be a great day for that. Now, if you want to cook your chili at the park, you can do that, but a lot of people will probably cook it, and then you're going to have a means for them to keep it warm. Is that right? We will, we will, and um, so we'll have uh, essentially a fleet of uh, outlets ready for crock pots to be plugged in if people want to keep them warm there. We have um, a crew of independent judges from the local community here, um, folks from City Hall and local law enforcement and that kind of stuff who are going to be coming out to try them. And we also have prizes for first, second, and third place. Um, First place leaves with a nice plaque as well as a $100 CPW gift card. Well, that's awesome. It just all adds to the fun, too. And and I imagine you'll get chilies that'll kind of make your eyes water and milder ones that you'll taste just some different flavors. Always fun when you have those chili chili cook-offs. Now, when we were talking about the fishing and boating before, we didn't mention the water levels. I think we alluded to it, but with everything that's going on in the state, I assume your water levels are pretty full. We're near 100% full right now, Um, and with that being said, we still have a steady flow of water coming into the reservoir, which is helping keep water temps down and that fishing active. It also is helping keep the tailwaters flowing right around that 50 to 60 CFS range, which is perfect for nymphing or for dry flying out there. Let's let's spend a couple minutes on that tailwater because that, I mean, the fly fishermen who are in the know really understand that, and they fish it year-round, even in the winter. But that tailwater starts there and goes for a long way, and some of the fishing changes. But right below the lake, it is a phenomenal tailwater, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's catch and release only, but um, it's a very, very healthy fishery. You've got all three rainbow, brown, and brook trout species um, co-residing in that area. And, um, I mean, yeah, there are small fish and there's some natural reproduction that happens out there. But generally speaking, you're having consistent all-day fishing. Um, And, you know, it's always good to, to aim for the trifecta, trying to get one of each species and even potentially one of each on each different type of fly fish. Um, but it can be done out there. It's it's just an amazing place. It'll wear out your arm, that's for sure. It does. And how far the the river downstream from you? They fish it quite a ways down too, don't they? There is public ac- There are public access points all the way from our tailwaters to Lake Catamount, which is approximately five mile five river miles down. Um, and the species populations vary a little bit, but it's just a tremendous fishery. Um, I would like to mention that the regulations do change when you get outside of our tailwaters. You can actually keep a couple trout out of the river below. Um, and then Lake Catamount is private, so you can't fish in there, unfortunately. 
Now, you uh, I know you have another activity coming up, too. You guys try to promote all the activities, and you mentioned you're going to have a spin fishing clinic at the lake during your event in two weeks, but you also have a fly fishing clinic coming up. We will. Um, so it's actually more of a full weekend celebration. We're starting off Friday night with a um, rare opportunity to go out on a guided night hike. I just feel like I should mention that. But then we're going to culminate the um, weekend on Sunday morning around 10 a.m. with part three of our three-part fly fishing clinic this summer, where we're actually going to take folks out. We've got a fleet of um, fly fishing rods and flies available. You just have to have a valid fishing license to participate. Um, but we're actually going to take folks out on the reservoir and go um, try and get it into some rainbows. And you never know when you're doing that, when one of those pike might sneak its, its nose up there, too. Oh, especially if we're going to throw some streamers. That's actually one of my favorite activities on this lake. I tell you what, you don't have to hook a very big pike on a fly rod to know you've got a fish on. No, not at all. There, I mean, you can get one of those hammer handle 12-inchers, and it's going to be a great experience. really is. So these activities are all listed on the website and Facebook, both? Uh, on Facebook specifically, it's uh, it's a long list, so Facebook is probably the best place to find information as we get closer to the event. All right. Well, Corey, thank you. It just sounds like a great time to plan a trip over there, and there's going to be so much going on. But, you know, it's a great park. It, this From now through, well, now there's never a bad time to come there. No, I mean, and we're really, uh, as we're coming to the end of summer, folks are going back to school, temps are going to start dropping, and we're going to get into that fall fishing here, and it's going to be one of the best times to be on this lake fishing. Right. So, yeah, it's an exciting place year-round. Oh, and the fishing is phenomenal. People never seen a giant pike or just the average trout there are so good. Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Terry, thank you for the time and letting me come on. You guys have a wonderful day. You bet. That's uh, Corey Sparks from... Stagecoach Reservoir. If you've never made the trip over there, it's so worth the drive. And there's so much to do in that area. And if you're a, a fisherman, you're just going to have the time of your life on that lake. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. And I'm sure Nate Zelinsky will. Well, we got another segment. I'm going to tell you about a few things when we get back on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We could just do uh, this till the top of the hour and bring Nate up and I wouldn't have to talk. Don't be turning that down. Almost started singing. We better turn it off. We'll get the station shut down. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Just a few minutes, Nate Zelinski will join us. And I know he's going to talk getting ready for hunting. And we're going to cover that a lot over the next few weeks. We'll probably get into it more and more as we get towards the end of August. But we're going to have, you know, pronghorns ready to start. We've got um, waterfall and upland game hunting. We've got big game hunting, not to mention dove season. Our friends out at Colorado Clays think dove season is a national holiday. They equate it to Christmas. I think dove season is a nasty uh, plot by the ammunition companies to sell more shotgun shells. But we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in a few weeks over the course of time with them. But there's a lot coming up. We're going to talk a lot more fishing. Now, Nate's going to talk. He's out getting ready the archery seasons right now and he's going to tell us what he's seeing out scouting but we'll pry some fishing information out of him also and then after that um, Sam Heckman's going to join us we're going to talk about the southeastern reservoirs which have just been on fire and they're full of water it's really a great time but it's a different time because the water levels are so different this year we're also going to have um, some guys from the blue quill angler come on we're going to talk about the river fishing 
this is a different year. I mean, last year we had this hot, dry summer, and we kind of advised people not to fish a lot of the rivers during the summer because it stressed the fish. We've had great flows of cool water all summer. These trout are going into the fall in such a healthy condition, and there's so much going on. And the water, even though it's clearing up, is still flowing fairly fast. So your, your approach has to be a little different. We'll talk about that. And your approach on the lakes has to be different, too. And we're going to talk more and more of that over the next couple of weeks. Normally, we're, we're seeing a transition from a structure bite to a suspended shad bite on some of the lakes and then to a maybe a bite that's relating more to the bottom where we're spooning or jigging wraps or something. So those things, you got to take last year's playbook with a grain of salt. And what I'm doing to help accommodate that on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, I'm taking some articles I wrote over the last couple of years that were timely for this time of the year, but that I think the conditions are still two, three weeks out. And I'm posting those on Facebook to kind of give you an idea of what typically happens, but what I think is going to happen a little later. And it's still great information. There are columns I wrote for the Denver Post. So you should follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. I'm going to do the same with some waterfall and some upland game columns that will be coming up as we get closer here. And, of course, we'll always have new things on our Facebook page. And when we have a special guest or a special topic, we'll uh, we'll tell you about that, too. In fact, uh, our schedule is going to be a little bit erratic over the next uh, few weeks. Eventually, we'll go back to our winter hours of 9 to 11. We're still on 10 to noon for a while. In a couple weeks, Chad LaChance is going to host the show while I'm out of town. But he's going to do it on our sister station, ESPN. So you'll have to... We'll, Post that on Facebook, give you all the details on how you can listen. And you can listen online there, too. If you don't get that station, it doesn't have quite the signal the fan does. And, of course, we'll podcast everything, as we always do. Kyle in the control room will make sure you have access access to the programs. Right, Kyle? That's right. All right, so we'll make sure. So you won't miss anything. But there's going to be some change to our schedule. You know, there's a football team in town. I think it's called the Denver Broncos. And some of their activities, and we got some college football. You know, in all seriousness, I'm a huge sports fan, so we're more than happy to accommodate those things. And we move around a little bit, and we expose the show to new audiences. In fact, tell your friends. If you like the stuff we bring on the show, tell your friends and uh, see if we can't get them involved, too. You know, the more people listen, the more people that give us Facebook on uh, feedba- feedback on Facebook will... Uh, we get more information. We can respond to that. You know, if there's something on the show you want us to cover, go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and drop us a note. We try to get regional and national experts on any topics that you would like us to cover that are involved in the outdoors. We want Our goal is to get you outdoors, to have a great time, a safe time, but really enjoy it, catch some fish, harvest some game, or you know, get on a great hike, tell you an area where you can take the family picnicking or camping. That's our whole idea is to get you outdoors. We really, 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 really believe in that. And this year is a little different with the runoff and everything. We're going to continue that. But uh, uh, we just got a lot coming up here today. We got a lot coming up next week. So this show, we're in our 22nd year, 22 years. Um, I I figured I'd last about six months when we started this. But uh, it's been a great run, and we intend to keep bringing you the outdoors for a long time. i tell you what we'll do. We're going to take a quick I time out for station identification. We come back. Nate Zelensky will talk some hunting and probably a little fishing with us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.